Okay, so the end of Hyperforce is in sight, but we need one more thing to reveal while we're finishing up. Any suggestions? I don't want to read something big again. Well, neither do I, so at least we have that. Well, we've done all the other comic crossovers, and the Godzilla book just finished. Uh, want to read that? It's only five issues. Oh, yeah! We can finally be relevant for once! Hi, I'm Rita's sharpest cone bra, Sid. And I'm all the other characters asking, where's Mothra? Ashley. And this is Ranger's Plane, where Sid, enthusiastic lifelong Power Rangers fan, takes Ashley, reluctant new fan, through the world of Power Rangers and Power Rangers accessories. And this month, we are talking about one more comic with Godzilla vs. the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Another disclaimer, we're just going to do what we've been doing, which is just casually shooting the shit but uh this this does come with a plot so what exactly is that well after rita repulsa steals a gem known as the multiversal focus to find a world without power rangers her and her goons are transported to a universe where angel grove has been destroyed by an alien race known as the zillions and godzilla is trying to stop them with Tommy being sucked into this world along with her, the Rangers aren't far behind. Can the King of Monsters and the Teenagers with Attitudes realize they're on the same side? So, yeah, so this particular comic was done in association with IDW and uh, Boom Studios, similar to what happened with the Mighty, Mor- the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover. Uh, I believe ID, like IDW themselves were responsible for publishing this one, though. Uh, the writer is Colin Bunn, with art by Freddie Williams II, colors by Andrew Dollhouse, and letters and design by Joanna Natalie. Yeah, so, um, it was a decent breezy read so far. Um. Yeah, like, I would say we kind of, something we definitely both agreed on for this was that it is a very easy book to read. Though, I think that you had a little bit familiar, more familiarity with kind of the background of the characters they chose to kind of be the big villains in it than I yeah. did. Yeah, I mean, not too deep, mind you. I just kind of got into Godzilla about a year ago because mm-hmm. Kurt recently purchased the Criterion edition of the Showa era movies. Right. So, you know, you we watched all the Showa era movies. And so I was I was decently familiar. I uh, hate G- Ghidorah a lot. <laughs> what I hate that three-headed bastard. But uh, for, for the most part, I was a little bit more familiar. So it was just kind of like, oh, hey, it's them. And they're fine. They seem familiar enough. The Zellians are just kind of there. <laughs> they, right. They have been in the past, in my opinion. So I'm like, okay, this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, because I'm like, I, I am not quite as like deep into godzilla as like i mean 
like I don't have like the Criterion Collection as Kurt does. I've seen Mothra versus Godzilla, which is one of the Godzilla movies where Godzilla is acting kind of like an asshole. Yeah. Um what gives Godzilla over that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have I definitely haven't seen any of the films with Ghidorah or the Zillions or anything like that. Um I will say for this though, even though like we said it was a kind of a breezy read, what kind of is something about it is that I think it kind of lacked what makes both Power Rangers and Godzilla interesting narratively. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think you'd agree with me on this is that like I think there's a misconception of Godzilla films being like strictly just, you know, these smash 'em ups. And there is a good there are smash 'em up Godzilla movies that are pretty good. Um but like it's not been the overwhelming theme. It's always had a little bit of a political bent. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's a giant like lizard made of radiation of course it's got like a political bent especially the first movie where he's first introduced it is like oh this is definitely an anti-war film right <laughs> you know not saying there's anything wrong with that but it, it's definitely got that bit right um it, it it's kind of interesting because it's like you know i i thought about like oh okay they went with the, like a lot of showa era like stuff because it is more accessible a lot of people a lot of people are more familiar with it all this other stuff but also, it's just kind of like it's lacking what a lot of the Showa era movies did kind of have, which is like, as much as people are like, well, I don't like my kaiju movies when, like, the monsters attack. I don't care about the people. And I'm like, some of the best Godzilla movies are when you care about the stories that are happening with the people. Like, mm-hmm. they're the ones really driving it. I was just going to say Hideki Anno definitely got that. <laughs> I still need to see Shen Godzilla. I I still haven't actually seen it either, but I do know that that it's basically about bureaucracy in the face of impending natural disaster. <laughs> Which we love Hideki Anno on this podcast. If you haven't tell like if you if you don't understand, well, go watch our cutie honey episode. Or then, rather listen to our cutie honey episode. Yeah. yeah, listen to it. Sorry, we're not a watch podcast. You don't get to see our beautiful faces. <laughs> uh but, um, yeah, it's just kind of lacking a lot of kind of that characterization pull. Like, you have the stuff between the Zellians and Rita kind of going against each other, mm-hmm. but not much else or stuffing. Like, even if you're not having the most hardcore political bent to something, it's still the drama on the ground that ties kind of things together. Mm-hmm. And, like, the drama between the Zellians and Rita was just more of, like, eh. Yeah, especially when, like... I say the most intriguing bit with the Zillions was at the end when one of them let Tommy go. Yeah. And like, basically it was a whole enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of situation. Yeah. And no, like, that was, that was good. Yeah. But it's like, it was one of those things I'm like, that is so interesting. And then like, it just felt like there's nothing really kind of leading up to that besides, Hey, we, we hate Rita's guts too. So get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah there was nothing really uh, other than like obviously they were butting heads with rita but there was just felt like nothing was really there enough to like like have that reveal there was no setup to it basically. right uh it just it just felt like this needed to happen to get the plot forward um which is what setups are don't get me wrong but you know it kind of when you look at it set up it should be kind of a seamless thing you know yeah. Uh, and then I was going to say also, like, the Power Rangers themselves are just kind of like, they're very Vera's characters. 
Yeah, and it's like, especially because I feel like you could have done something vaguely environmental, especially with, with the Power Rangers. Because, mm-hmm. like, especially MMPR was all about, like, during that 90s time period where we were giving a shit about the ozone layer and cleaning up parks and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. So I feel like there's definitely, they could have maybe taken, like, an environmental message that would have worked for both Power Rangers and Godzilla, but it, it just felt like a really missed opportunity there. Yeah, this, there was, like, the Rangers' main conflict was Godzilla not liking them, which right. Godzilla's kind of cranky, so, you know. And having to befriend Godzilla yeah. before Godzilla's like, get off my lawn, teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's, like, nothing else really there. I know we're, like, I know we were kind of, like, lost with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but, like, you had, like... The inner teen dynamics between both of them, like, you know, the turtles were kind of like, oh, man, we wish we were like you guys and people liked, you know, people liked us, you know, in the universe, people liked the turtles on right. here. And then, like, you had the conflict with, like, you point out you had the conflict with Tommy and his, like, friend, you know, in the foot and all that, in the foot clan and all that. So right. you had that stuff going on that made an interesting story, even if you're kind of completely lost with the turtle stuff and then the... Justice League stuff also had stuff with characters go on and everything. Like, especially with Zack being the anchor point of character. But this one is just like, ah, Tommy's there. And he gets kidnapped and almost brainwashed. Right. Yeah, just... It felt very, like... What's a... What's a, like... I don't want to say cliche, but kind of, like... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, like, what? well, what's the concept you're trying to describe? Like, an obvious kind of safe choice um, for a narrative. I mean, besides safe? Yeah, I, th- I think, like, safe and cliche, maybe. Yeah, because I'm just like... to say here. Yeah, because basically it goes on, it has a very paper-thin pretense of, like, well, we're just gonna do multiversal bullshit in order to get the Power Rangers and Godzilla to, like, fight each other and also team up. Um, Because, like, it does have the same kind of, like, plot beats of the usual, like, team-up comics that we've seen so far in that, you know, conflict is introduced and then the Rangers go to the domain of whoever, you know, they're teaming up with, whether it be Godzilla, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or... Uh, the Justice League, they initially have conflict with each other, not realizing they're on the same side. And then they realize they're on the same side, and then it escalates the conflict again as, you know, things steadily kind of um, build upon each other. So, yeah, it had those same plot beats, but I didn't, like, the setup to it was just not as interesting as it could have been. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's like, it's one of those things, it's like, I definitely had a lot of interest reading it, and mm-hmm. there was some really good art moments, but other than that, the story was just kind of, it was kind of there. Yeah, uh, I definitely just, agree with that. You know, it's, it's, yeah, so, um, uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about was it was funny to see Rado's monsters kind of compared to the classic kaiju. Right. <laughs> and, like, how much bigger the kaiju are. Yeah, and how much more serious the kaiju are in that regard, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Rita's monsters were based off of doofy designs for children. As much as they were kind of scary for children's designs. And then you have, like, 
Godzilla, you know. And it is an it is an interesting bit of hubris for Rita at the beginning of the first issue where she's just like, Oh, I'm gonna mind control Godzilla and have him under my command in order to defeat Tommy. And then Rita realizing that she cannot control the kaiju in this world, whether it be Godzilla, um, Ghidorah, um, Gidon was what's the one with the, yeah, the weird? I think it's, it's Gidon or Gi- the, Yeah, I, yeah, Gigon, Gidon, Gigon, the one with the turtle one that's not. Um, he had like tur- with the, like the saw blade. Yeah. Um. I'm a great Godzilla fan. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, she has to soon realize that she does not have, uh, yeah, it is Gigan, um, that she doesn't have control over the fucking monsters the way she does her own. Yeah. So she's kind of just got to let, let them, like, hope, hope that they do her dirty work for her and send in her own lackeys to kind of, like, finish the job. Yeah, it's it was kind of, you know, interesting. I think Rita doesn't realize it's like, you know, you make your monsters. These are actually living creatures on this planet. Right. You know. And like, yes, um, they can be controlled by the zillions, but like, it's very different than just like being like, make yeah. my monster grow! Yeah, grow now! <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing at my voice squeaking, by the way. So. Yeah, no, it's... It's still funny after all these months. It's still funny. It's still funny. Uh, so, uh, yeah. And then one of the things I definitely would would say that's a big plus of this is the the great kind of layout and monster fight scenes. They're very breathtaking to look at. Like, the, yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, like, um. Williams is definitely um, a person that likes to drill mecha and kaiju, and you can kind of tell. Yeah, like, that's the big appeal. Obviously, like, if you have a book like this, the big appeal is the giant monster fight. So you definitely want to have an artist who is very skilled at drawing giant monsters and giant robots. Yeah. Um, And because basically this entire book is just a, is just an extended zord fight. Yeah. Like, you don't get a whole ton of, like, um, stuff happening outside the Zord besides the setup of, like, hey, Zord, I'm being like, hey, so Tommy's missing. We've detected his energy in this other dimension, so we're going to send you guys there to rescue him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's not really a whole lot of, like, you know, outside of Ranger stuff. Uh, so I guess kind of like as you said, it kind of just contributes to them being there. But I did love that you pointed out that Billy in this dress is like a lesbian. Yes, he looks like a fucking lesbian. I'm like, <laughs> who's this lesbian? It's like that's Billy. That's Billy. Uh, another creative detail we didn't put this in our notes, but a creative detail I actually liked um, was when the Rangers are in Ranger form. Their um, their speech bubbles are outlined with the co- with their color. Yeah, I really like that bit of detail, so you could tell who's talking. I, I love it when comics kind of know their medium. I think I sent you a panel where you actually see, like, Tommy Crane behind the helmet. And it's one of those things, it's like, stuff like that is why, like, comics can be such a cool medium. It's like, hey, I can tell you who's talking through these bubble outlines and stuff like that. Yeah, no, it definitely, I think it definitely helps establish character voice in that regard. And yeah. also, like, yeah, that panel that you're talking about was great to kind of just show, like, 
Tommy realizing, oh shit, this is not like dealing with the usual, like one of Rita's monsters. Like this is going to be a much tougher battle. I might die. Yeah. Like also, I just, I love the fact that Tommy is just like everybody in this book. It's like, okay. So the art style for the, the actual, like, like humanoid characters is very cartoony. Compared to, like, you know, how detailed the kaiju are. Um, Which is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, But it it was funny to see how how long and, like, like volumized Tommy's hair was. And Jason had, like, a bouffant. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. I... I actually, one of the things is Tommy looked better than, like, Jason David Frank ever did. I mean, that's not hard. (laughs) (laughs) On this podcast, we dunk on Jason David Frank. Yeah, it's like, what was I thinking about today? It was just like, if somebody approached me about that, it's like, well, you still support CM Punk? I'm like, well, at least CM Punk is still married. (laughs) Got him. (laughs) Got him. (laughs) We're relevant. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, like, no, I did enjoy that aspect. Um, you know, sometimes the proportions can be a little weird with the women, but that point it's just like, yeah, it's, it's the, it's more the cartoony style. It, it, I dug it in its own little way, even though, like, yeah. again, this is all in service of the giant monster smash em ups that's happening <laughs> throughout oh, most yeah. of the book. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, yeah, I, that was kind of like the really thing that uplifted for me was a lot of the artwork in this. It's like, oh wow, I can kind of see kind of the cool grandeur of all the fighting. Yeah, and I will, yeah, like I'll definitely also hand it to Andrew Dollhouse's um, colors because I think he's had oh, a very yeah. like nice kind. It's like bright, but like still kind of like like it, it was the right amount that you needed for like a you know obviously you're in a situation where shit's serious. You know, these monsters are destroying Angel Grove, but still had this very bright tone in terms yeah, of, like, the, the color that just made it pop. Yeah, I was gonna, I definitely wanted to highlight that. Like, the, the colors Dollhouse did was just, like, it made everything pop and just come together. Yeah. So, um, and, uh. Kind of a silly thing we we mentioned, but definitely I really did love how it ends with Godzilla. Godzilla, you know, they finally earn Godzilla's trust and all that. And then at the very end, when all is done, Godzilla's like, get the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> Godzilla hates teenagers. <laughs> yes. He's just like, are, you, are we friends, Godzilla? <laughs> I mean, saying you're friends with Godzilla is a, is a tentative... <laughs> Thing. He loves small children, but he hates teenagers. I mean, I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, even if, as somebody who says I can get along with teenagers more than a small child, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. We don't hate every teenager. We're just old. Yeah, I'm Ish. old. Yeah. It's like we're getting old now. We're like in our 30s. Like, yeah. Anytime somebody reminds me that they were born after, like, 2001 i'm just like i am turning to dust <laughs> yeah yeah that's how i feel i'm getting like in march i will be closer to 40 than my 20s so that's but, a fun thought to think about but yeah but let's talk about the last page <laughs> yes okay so the biggest pop i got is the last page with so 
spoiler alert, uh, even though we haven't been talking too much about spoilers, but, well, you know, it's not like there's too much to spoil. Um, so the last page, kind of in the lead up to the, to the end of the book, the multiversal focus that Rita's been using, which I love the bubble effect that it had, like, in the coloring and yeah. all that. That was really cool. But, like, so the multiversal focus breaks, and Rita's kind of just sent shooting across the multiverse. Okay, so in the last page, with, like, they ask, Zordon says, My sensors do not detect Rita in this dimension. I have no doubt she'll return. For now, though, she appears to be lost between dimensions. Ah! God's Power Rangers! Godzilla! Godzilla! Power Rangers! The multiversal focus is shattered! And everywhere I look, I see those miserable brats and that terrible lizard! <laughs> and so and she's looking through the multiversal, like the broken multiversal focus, and she sees three different versions of Godzilla. And then she sees three different versions of the Power Rangers, but it's specifically Dracon. The Dino Charge team and the RPM team. <laughs> yeah, we were just like, holy shit. So, like, I was like, and it says the end, question mark, question at the question. end. So, like, are they setting up for, like, wanting to do a sequel, potential sequel, where, like, they meet other Power Rangers teams? Like, what's the vibe there? <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Other Power Ranger team meets Godzilla. Yeah, because it's like, I feel like that's something that's definitely been missing from a lot of the Power Rangers comics. Like, no shade to, like, what I've read of the current run has obviously been amazing, but there's been a real lack of, like, other teams getting involved mm -hmm. in, like, the story so far. So, yeah. I would definitely like to see, like, you know, RPM fighting giant monsters or, like, um, trying to see Shelby befriend Godzilla. <laughs> Shelby would definitely try to befriend Godzilla. It's like uh, uh, Wild Force against Hedorah. Oh my god. The fucking pollution monster. That was one of my favorites. Oh, you know that, like, uh, Princess Shayla would absolutely be down with Mothra, though. Yes. Oh, she would. Uh, that, that's another one is, uh, you know, they have to save Mothra or something. So I guess, like, Merrick and Shayla have to do a duet. Oh my god. That would be... Yeah, they team up with the Peanuts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would be so fun. Um, but again, we're just we're just spitballing here. Also, I'm just thinking of Cole also like trying to like talk to Hedora. Oh my god, he has to have a heart. It's like Cole, we've been over this. It's like we've been trying for hours. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and another thing I'll say is that, like, uh, similar to Boom, there's been a, there were actually a lot of really good alternate covers. I will say my favorite was probably the one for issue five that has the mm -hmm. two kids, like, playing oh, with, yeah. the, with the Godzilla and Power Rangers toys. Like, I just feel like that's just a good little, like, representation of kind of what these, like, crossovers bring to the table. It's like, it does just have that kid energy of, like, well, we have these toys, let's just smash them together and play. Yeah. All right. So I guess we can move on to our verdict, which is it's serviceable. Sir. Yeah, it's serviceable. Uh, I think I enjoyed it a bit more than Ashley, but I chalked that up to being a little bit more into Godzilla lately. Uh, it was serviceable fun, but like we talked about, it lacked depth that a lot of our other crossovers ha had uh, that we read. 
Overall fun, though, if you like Godzilla and Power Rangers, it's, it's just a breezy smash em up type thing. So, you know, if you're into that, go check it out. Yeah, my feeling after reading this book was that it was fine. Like, like I liked the art and the smash em up element was fun, but it was definitely more of a paper-thin pretense than the other crossovers, while lacking a lot of story elements and heart that made those crossovers work. It's not the worst way to spend an hour, but I just wish there was just a little bit more meat to it. All right, that's it for this episode. We would like to thank Kate Nix for our awesome theme song. You can find her at katenix.com, where you can find her band camp, merch, and streaming. As of the publish of, publishing of this podcast, she uh, she is back with her digital variety hour show, The Lounge, coming at you live Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Follow her on... Um, Zenak, it's her name spelled backwards on Twitter and Instagram for more updates as she does do month on month off. Um, we also like to thank Joe Hunter for our art. You can find him on Instagram at Joe Bloody Hunter and on Twitter and Patreon at Joe underscore Hunter. He also has a Threadless store, joehunter.threadless.com. He also is doing a comic, Beast Heart Strikers with Land Pitts. And uh, you can find that on Comazology. And he also did backups for Radiant Black as well, which you can go order at your local comic book store. We also would like to thank Kurt Yoder for editing. He has great SG creations on Etsy, where you can find many of his Perler art. And he's also uh, great SG pixels on Twitter. We would also like to thank our $5 patrons. Uh, Griffman, thank you so much for your support. Uh, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can find us at rangersplain.patreon.com. Uh, right, and our wrestler of the podcast is the Samoan Submission Machine and Big Godzilla Mark, Samoa Joe. He is such a Godzilla fan that almost every one of his entrances has the Godzilla theme in it. You can watch him choke out people on AEW and Ring of Honor. His social media on both Twitter and Instagram is Samoa Joe. His, his Instagram has cute dogs sometimes. So that's a quality follow. Is indeed. All yep. right. And as always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Miss Kitty F. Uh, I am starting to use Instagram a little bit more finally. Um, as for anywhere else you can find me, you can go to uh, Linktree or, uh, you know, Linktree, which is L I N K T dot E E slash A Leckwold. Or you can find my shop. My links to Ranger's Plane, my portfolio, as well as my itch.io account. So uh, go check that out. And as always, my shop is ashley-leckwell.square.site. All right, you can find me on Twitter, at VelociRiker, on Instagram, and on TikTok. I am mostly under my store name, Coda's Crafts, on Instagram at Coda's Magical Crafts, uh, which is also its Twitter. And you can find my cool little store that sells... Uh, anything from lip balms to candles to soap at Coda's Magical Crafts on Etsy and Coda's Magical Crafts.square.site. And you can find us, Ranger Splain, on Twitter. Uh, we are trying to use our Instagram more, so we are also on Instagram, both at Ranger Splain. Again, I mentioned our Patreon, rangersplain.patreon.com, where you can, um, donate some money to the show. Uh, currently we're doing, uh, for $5, we do a monthly stream. It's been very fun if you want to come and join us in. We're also looking into doing stickers soon for that. Uh, we also have our WordPress, rangersplain.wordpress.com, where you can find all of our show notes. We also have merchandise on Kurt's store, so uh, which is like greatsgcreations.square.site. We have like a sticker. You should check it out. It's cool. 
All right, next month we are finally getting to Hyperforce. Journey with us as we do the time warp again. This time with special guest George Jr. from George's Ranger Reviews. Till then, stay safe out there. May the power protect you. Go. Just play.